0: Okay, here we are. It's um, the long-awaited episode two of Hot Girls Watch Hockey. Um, Yes, imposter syndrome is still taking me out. I have zero faith in myself and this podcast, but that's okay. Um, Shakira bullied me. Now I'm here. I'm doing the thing. It is Friday, October 13th. Um, and I realized yesterday while writing this up that if I just keep this up, essentially, I'm just Brittany Broski, like her podcast. And I love Brittany Broski's podcast. She just sits there and talks about whatever the heck she wants. So I can sit here and I can talk about hockey. Um So yeah, it is Friday the 13th. It is currently 10 47 p.m. on Friday the 13th, but I am recording this and I'm getting it out. I've been working. Well, I actually slept a little bit extra today. You know, we did the thing. We took a little breaky break. Um. So today, yes, I yeah. So it's late, and I'm recording this, and we're basically just gonna put it on the universe. So I don't overthink it, like how I recorded this um, episode two, three other times before this, um, and hated them, and they'll never see the light of day, and I deleted them. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So today we're gonna speed round on what is going on with this whole the NHL basically hating gay people over this Pride tape thing. Um, I want to touch base on the PWHL draft that happened a couple weeks ago and the first three nights of the NHL. Um, But I guess I will give you a little story time because why not? Um, So last week was one of the Red Wings, last Saturday was the Red Wings preseason game at home against Toronto. And I was just going to go by myself um, because my brother... My stepmom said, like, no, my brother couldn't come. He had hockey the next day, whatever. Um, And so they call me Saturday that they're driving over to Farmington Hills from where they live, which is like an hour from where they live, but like 45 minutes from me. Um, And they were like, well, we're going to go to the Piranis hockey thing over there. My brother needed some new gear because he's freaking growing. That's rude of him. He's not allowed to get bigger. Um, so he needed to get some new gear and they wanted to go to the mall because it was school picture day coming up. So he needed a new outfit. My little sister needed a new outfit for that. So I met them over at the mall and while we were there, it basically came up and my brother found out that I was going alone and he used his little 12 year old charm to somehow con his way into coming. Um, so, yes, I did indeed go yell at the Leafs with my little brother um, last Saturday. I'm really upset because it's that's basically the only Leafs game we're getting at LCA this season. Um, the actual like Leafs home game, like well, Detroit home game with the Leafs. Um, I never know how to say those things. Um it's that's the Sweden series, and they're doing the Sweden series for that. Um, so I'm not gonna get to experience that. And that's one of my favorite games. Um it's just the atmosphere is insane. Um, so then I had to drive, (laughs) um, yeah, so I drove from where they were in Farmington after we ate some little pretzel bites from Auntie Ann's, and we went to the game, and we got to watch warm-ups down at the glass like we love to do, well, I love to do, I think he was over it, um, (laughs) and I just use him as an excuse to go down there, because it feels weird if I just go sit down there by myself, but I might start doing it, who's to say? um that game was insane and insane I mean the Red Wings won it was a preseason game nothing really mattered um Ben Shirat who is my least favorite player on the wings scored a goal and I was like all right Ben Benjamin you're getting your life together and then he proceeded to um, be the reason a gore got a gore, a goal got scored on Detroit. So yes, I am still a Ben Sherat hater. I did indeed get my brother on the anti-Ben Chirot train. Um, Ben Sherat, if you hear this, it's nothing personal. Um, I just (laughs) love to use you as my scapegoat every time everything goes wrong. Um, So then, yeah, I literally drove an hour and a half from Detroit to their house to drop him off and then an hour and a half back to my apartment so I could sleep in my bed with Bagel. Okay, okay, okay. that's your fun story time of episode two. I guess we'll try and do a story time every week. Um, Next week should be fun. Tomorrow is opening night at LCA. It's the first official home game of the season. It's against Tampa, so it should be a really fun game. Um, Carl, <laughs> if you guys follow her on TikTok, I don't know what her actual name is, but her username on there is Carl. So I just in my brain she's just Carl. She's not going to be there. She said she was just taking pictures and looking on a, getting on the plane of Tampa. She's their the social media manager, but she makes funny TikToks. So you guys should definitely follow her. Um, let me pull up her at. She's funny. She like I don't know. She just does her thing. She lives her life. She's so funny. You guys definitely need to follow her. She gives you like little behind the scenes of what it's like to work in the NHL. Um her username is oh, I think her name is Carly. <laughs> um so it's Carly C A R L E E C A L F. You should follow her. She's great. She's amazing. I love her content. Um so that should be a fun story time. I'm taking my new friend Maddie. It's going to be a good time. Um, i got to figure out what I'm going to wear because I think I want to serve cunt, but I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, so we'll see. Okay, so let's jump into what the fuck is going on with this whole NHL banning pride tape, essentially. Um, so the NHL sent a memo to teams clarifying what players can and cannot do as part of the theme celebrations this season with an emphasis on essentially like the man on the rainbow colored stick tape that they were players would use for pride nights during warmups um the update guidance reaffirms that on ice player uniforms and gear for games warmups and official team practices cannot be altered to reflect theme nights players can voluntarily participate in theme nights off the ice set the nhl memo um so obviously people are a little pissed. Um, how did we get there? Would, if you don't know what was going on. So essentially, where did this go? This all started last season, I think. I don't actually know the true deeps. But like last season was like the real big ramp up of this. So several players last season um, essentially opted out of wearing pride jerseys and um, Which has never been a thing. Well, like, the Pride jerseys were a thing, but, like, players opting out of them wasn't really a thing. Um, And so, essentially, like, on a team level in a stadium, they'll have theme nights. Like, the Red Wings do Star Wars night, and they'll host college nights. And there was always, like, a military appreciation night. They did not do a Pride night last season. Um, Yeah, so... The first guy to come out was Ivan Provorov. He's a Russian defenseman. He was with Philadelphia the Flyers last season, and he said, I'm not doing this, and said that it was his Russian Orthodox religion, and the coach of the Flyers then defended him. Then the goaltender, James Reimer for San Jose last season came out and was like, I'm not doing it, and then Eric and Mark Stahl, who were on the Florida Panthers at the time, said, we're not doing it, even though there are pictures of them in previous Pride jerseys, despite them saying that they have never done it before. So I think they're just stupid. Um, Then three more players came out, all three Russian. Um, They have very Russian names. I'm not even going to attempt to say them. Um, And then they're basically just saying that it's all religious belief even though they've all worn them previously. Um, And then Gary Bettman came out and said, what happened last year was a, what, oh my goodness, I cannot read. What happened last year was that the issue of who wanted to wear a particular uniform on a particular night overshadowed everything that our clubs were doing. Gary Bettman's just a fucking idiot. Um, He said, part of being diverse and welcoming is understanding those differences. Um, I disagree on that. So this memo essentially further clarified that Gary Bettman is just restricting hockey even more um, to the old white guys that are currently in power and like running everything the league does across the league. Um, So then prominent LGBTQ advocate, current executive director of the Professional Women's Hockey League Players Association who is also the former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, former president of hockey operations for both the Calgary Flames and the Pittsburgh Penguins, and was recently named a 2023 Hockey Hall of Fame inductee, Brian Burke, criticized this decision. Um, His quote is that he said, This is not inclusion or progress. Fans look to teams and the league to show that they are welcome. And this directive closes a door that's been open for the last decade. Um, so then the You Can Play Association, who essentially runs the Hockey is for Everyone mission, um, said, if hockey is for everyone, this is not the way forward. And they came out with this whole statement. Um, we're going to skim it. It said, it is now clear that the NHL is stepping back from its longstanding commitment to inclusion and continuing to unravel its its one-time industry-leading work on 25 LGBTQ plus belonging, We are now at a point where all of this progress is made and the relationship established with our community is in jeopardy. Making decisions to eradicate our visibility in hockey by eliminating symbols like jerseys and now pride tape immediately stunts the impact of bringing in a more diverse fan base and players into the sport. Um, They essentially continue on. They saying it's hockey community and things like this. It's a year round issue. Um, we know this issue is not within the hundreds of dedicated staff within individual clubs who go to work daily to create a culture of belonging for everyone where, everywhere in the hockey ecosystem. We call on all allies, players, fans, and coaches at every level in hockey to amplify their voices and join us in the important conversation and to remind the NHL hashtag why this matters. Um, this includes the NHL Players Association and the Coaches Association. Hockey is safer and better when more of us belong. And then the PWHLPA, so the Professional Women's Hockey League Players Association, also came out with a statement, and I think it's really funny. I'll read it for you. It says, The Professional Women's Hockey League Players Association is disappointed and saddened to learn of the NHL's decision to ban on-ice support for community causes. To grow the game, we must come together to create an inclusive, supportive environment for all hockey fans, players, and staff. While this decision sets back years of progress, we remain steadfast in our support of the LGBTQ community. Hockey is and always will be for everyone. Um, so basically the NHL is saying like, we don't hate the LGBTQ plus people. We don't hate the mission. We're just allowing people to celebrate their differences, um, which is really funny because if you go look at, um, the NHL website and I'll link this article for you guys in these show notes. Um, I don't know where there's a living. I made a website for this podcast a while ago, so I should probably use that, um, in June 2022, during Pride Month, as a part of their um, quote, when they were, quote, once again celebrating Pride Month in June in 2022, um, Jeff McLean, who is the co-founder of Pride Tape um, as a proper noun, the brand, um, which is essentially the tape that all these players used for this, um, wrote an article for them and he published um, a first person an- essay for them by NHL, for NHL. The NHL.com. Wow. My brain is really fighting right now to get these words out. Um, they wrote that the quote, the NHL website cited this as the multicolored pride tape quickly became an integrated part of hockey culture. Um, the You Can Play Project said hockey is for everyone. This is not the way forward. We've read that. Um, the You Can Play Project has been an NHL partner since 2013, working to strengthen a sense of belonging for LGBTQ plus athletes, coaches, and fans. So I, there's just a lot to unpack. Of course, you've probably heard the rumblings around everything. I mean, like looking at the angles of it, there's the Gary Bettman just Closing off the league from viewership opportunities, growth of the game, inclusion of probably current players who just feel like they can't come out. The future of queer kids playing hockey. There is that whole the whole queer fan base now not feeling like they can go to hockey, not go to hockey games, but be represented by a league that is supporting of their identities there's also this weird line now that players are going to have to walk to feel confident enough to actually do a fuck you and use the tape out of one spite and to the mission of inclusion and then there's the team level support of these initiatives like pride days where i know like looking at detroit because that's where i live and the team i follow and spend money supporting. They didn't have a Pride Day last season. They didn't support Motor City Pride like they have the past seasons this June. And I just feel like that's essentially reaffirming the beliefs of one, the Illich family, two, Gary Bettman, and three, all of these white men that are scared of fucking queer people for no reason. Um so I have an idea. We need to expand this hot girls watch hockey boots on the ground. Um so I'm going to link a Discord somewhere that you all can join if you're listening to this. And I essentially think if we do this, I think it would be fun to like essentially um, at the teams that aren't doing Pride Nights to make our own Pride Night and make them notice it. So yeah, that's my thoughts and opinions and whatever on this whole Pride Tape thing. All right, let's jump over to the PWHL draft. Um, I want to go through quick the first round drafted players. I think they're important names that we should know as we get ready to kick off the inaugural season for the Professional Women's Hockey League. Um, The draft had 268 players registered and sadly only 90 players were drafted through the six rounds. Um, it is essentially one of the most monumental days for women's professional hockey now and forever is now cemented in history. Uh, There was great support from TSN and Sportsnet, who both did live coverage of the event and were very active on social media, which is great to see. Um, And low-key, the NHL only retweeted the first overall pick PWHL post um, and really didn't offer support. And shocker, not shocker, I'm not surprised about those. And I just think it's really shitty that the NHL isn't really supporting this. Um, So... A lot of the stuff I'm going to say is summary of Sarah Sylvian and her amazing reporting over at The Athletic. Always go read her stuff. She's amazing. She's an amazing reporter. She's also um, on the Too Many Men um, podcast where they do, I think it's weekly, um, they do a hockey podcast. If you heard that sound, that was my phone case rubbing across the glass top of my desk. Okay, so let's jump into these first round picks. So Minnesota was the first team that got to pick, and in first overall, they picked Taylor Heise, H-E-I-S-E. Heise is how I'm gonna go with that. Um, she is a center. Um, she's 22. She's from Minnesota, and she's a very good offensive player with a nose for the net and a powerful shot and an incredible possession player. Sarah wrote. Um, when Natalie Darwitz was announced as Minnesota general manager, she was set to draft, she made it very known that she wanted to draft a franchise player first, and obviously Heisey's, being from Minnesota, fits that description really well. Um, Darwitz was also her coach in Minnesota the last two seasons and saw Heisey win the Patty krasmer memorial award as the best player in women's college hockey and she served as captain for the minnesota gophers team um second overall toronto picked jocelyn lore L- L- laro a left defensive was a very French last name. Um, she was voted by her peers as the most underrated player in the game um, by the athletic and one of the hardest players to defense again. Um, she oh my goodness, she is a number one defender who's been on the national team since 2011. Uh, she played 17 games over three Olympics and essentially seven, that's 74 games at the highest level of women's hockey. so she's gonna make a great addition to Toronto. Boston took Alana, A L I, A L I. yeah, Alana Mueller. Um, Mueller is one of the world's best two-way forwards, Sarah wrote, who can distribute the puck and be relied on in key moments in the game. She is a top player at Northeastern, has a dangerous shot, and makes and makes players around her a better player. Um, she is considered generational talent. She's the youngest hockey player to win an Olympic medal at just 15 years old when she won bronze, um in switzerland in 2014 oh for switzerland in 2014 she was named the best forward at the 2018 olympics is a three-time cammy granto award winner which is the hockey east player of the year and was the swiss ice hockey woman of the year in 2019 and 2022 and she's a 10th all-time in olympic scoring at just 25 years old Number four was New York, and they took Ella Sheldon, a lefty. She's a big, physically strong player, Sarah wrote. She plays many different roles on the ice. She's a solid shutdown defender um, that's good on a top line, or she can jump in on a rush and create offensive chances. Number five, Ottawa took Savannah Harmond, also a lefty. Sarah wrote that she's a slick defender who's extremely good with the puck when it comes to stick handling and escaping in tight spaces. Um, she isn't a like big player but she has amazing hockey iq she's really good at reading plays and getting stuff set up um and lastly of the first round number six uh, montreal took aaron ambrose also a defender um she's sarah wrote that she's a really smart defender she's not um super fast but has the ability to always be in the right spots or make the right reads in the offensive zones she finds passing lanes well and makes the great first pass out of the zone up to the forwards Sarah thinks she's a top caliber, top pair caliber D who you can be um, to count on as the quarterback of your power play. So that's a little bit more about what's going on in the PWHL. Um, Seeing as it's now October and we're looking forward to training camps here coming up in November from their last announcements. Um, We should start seeing some more stuff rolling out about the PWHL. Um, Of course, you can tune in to Hot Girls Watch Hockey for all things PWHL. We will be covering it always. Um, And yeah, so let's move on to NHL, the NHL. Um, It's been opening week here for the NHL, meaning there's been a lot of shit happening. And there's really only three days. I... I'm only going to talk about through Thursday. I did not watch the two games that were on tonight. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, so I'll have to go back through those when I look through this stuff for next week's episode. Uh, so let's talk about opening night. That was on, what, Tuesday? Um, this started with the Lightning at Nashville. At f- That game started at 5.30 Eastern, weirdly enough. It's a weird start time. On a weekday, especially. Um... So I can't imagine what the viewership numbers on that were. Lightning took home the W in a 5-3 win. Ryan O'Reilly recorded two points in his debut as a Predator. Nicholas Paul and Nikita Kucherov of the Lightning both scored two goals. Great job. Um, Then over in Chicago, uh, you saw Connor Bedard's debut against um, the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby. Um, Bedard's debut with opening night face-off with generational player Sidney the Kid Crosby. That was a big deal. It was very anticlimactic when I was watching it. Bedard recorded his first point with an assist for the only, or not, the Blackhawks scored two points, or four points, um, a scored an assist on the first point of the game. Blackhawks took home the win in a 4-2 win. And the last game on Tuesday, Wednesday was Seattle at, no, that was a Tuesday. I can't write. So 5.30 on a Tuesday for that lightning game. Really weird. And then we had Seattle at Vegas. Vegas was at home. They raised their Stanley Cup banner and they took home the W um, in a 4-1 win. Night two started off with the Canadians at Toronto. The Leafs took home the win in a 6-5 shootout. Austin Matthews recorded a hat trick and the 300th point of his career. Uh, the Leafs debuted a new goal song. They changed it over to the Pursuit of Happiness. And Austin didn't even notice that despite scoring three goals. He was just really living in the moment. Um, William Nylander had a goal and an assist. Jonathan Tav- John Tavers had three assists. And Isla Samsonov made 19 saves for the Maple Leafs um, for this opener. And Mitch Marner scored the goal in the shootout. Uh, then we had the Senators at the Hurricanes. Hurricanes took home a 5-3 win pretty uneventful. Then we have the Bruins at the Blackhawks. Uh, the Bruins took home the win in 3-1. Mr. Connor Bedard scored his, scored, (laughs) scored his first goal of his career. And if you look at the pictures, uh, of him with his assist puck when the Blackhawks won, he like looked really happy. And then if you look at the picture of him with his, um, first career actual goal puck where they lost two different vibes. It's really funny. Um he yeah, seems to love uh David Pasternak got two goals for the Bruins. It was the opener of their 100th season and Mr. Bradley um Mr. Bradley, Mr. Bradley, Bradley Bradley pushed Connor into wall in true Brad form. Jets at Calgary. The Flames won and 5-3. That game was pretty uneventful. Uh, Then we have the Oilers at the Canucks. Canucks won 8-1, which is great. Quinn Hughes officially received his captain jersey from former captains. Weirdly, while La Vida, oh my goodness, Vida La Vida by Coldplay, but just the instrumental part played in the background. Um, If you're a 1D girly, you'll know that. Um, Personally, I can only think of One Direction when I hear that song. (laughs) And so we had Brock Boiser score four four goals for the Canucks for the first time in his NHL career. Um, yeah, his four goals tied record for the most points by a Canucks player in a season opener, which was previously or also held since they tied by Greg, Greg Adams um, in 1987 and Rick Blight in 1976. Um, He didn't score in his first 11 games last season and only finished with 18 goals, second fewest in his NHL career last season. Then we had Avalanche at the Kings. Avalanche took home a W. There was a solid fight that was going around. Um, I saw the video content for that on TikTok. Uh, Mikko Rantanen, two goals and two assists for the Avalanche. It's the second straight season op- opener that he tied his career high with four points and four assists in... Um, when he, last season, when they opened with the Chicago Blackhawks and Nathan McKinnon had two goals to assists, and Kelmus Carr had a power play goal and an assist. Then we move over to last night, Thursday, which was night three of the season. We had the Flyers at the Blue Jackets. Adam Fantilli made his NHL debut on his birthday. Uh, the Flyers, unfortunately won, I guess. Unfortunately, I don't really have an opinion other than I'm always pro gritty, so the Flyers took home a 4-2 win. Um, Columbus defenseman Zach, I never know how to say it, War, Wurzinski War, War, left the game in the second period with a quad contusion in his right knee. And the Blue Jackets coach said that it's a, quote, not long-term injury and said it was a Charlie horse. Um He was out a lot of last season. So hopefully... Hopefully Dylan Larkin's buddy. Oh my goodness! I knocked my charger off. Please hold. Gotta keep my MacBook plugged in. She is on the edge of death currently. Uh, Rangers at Sabers. Rangers with a five-one win. Then we had the Wings at Devils. Devils took home, took home the W. It was four-three. Um, Jack Hughes scored two points. That was good. Um, all of the girly pops (laughs) on TikTok. Oh my God. They were making me laugh because one, we're opening TikTok because I need to read you these fucking, it's a photo set on TikTok. Um, my boy Jake Wallman, love him. He took the first wings penalty of the season. (laughs) Um, so literally the girly pops, you know, they love Jack Hughes over on the TikTok. Um, so, the second slide of this, I'm going to figure out how to share this. But basically, the second slide is Jake Wallman on top of Jack Hughes. And then the third slide. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. I'm still laughing about it. And I've read this out loud three times now. <laughs> the tweet that is screenshotted said, some guy just rubbed his balls on Jack Hughes. But Hughes gets the penalty? Question mark, question mark. Um, so, God bless. Um, Jack Hughes took two penalties. The... Um, He's never taken that many penalties in his career in a single game. So that was funny. Uh, one of his penalties was from elbowing Mo Sider in the face to the point Sider got airtime on that. It was wild to see because Sider is very strong and like never moves when he even like back checks players. So there's that. My boy Jake Waldman had a really good defensive game. Mord Sider had a good game. Um Oh, the scored his first goal as a wing fabry had one it was just it was pretty all right um then we had kraken at the predators predators did a shutout jose servos made 23 saves and was the 21st shutout jose why did i say jose jose Servos. um 23 saves 21st shutout of his career then we had the panthers at wild wild shut them out as well Um, Their goalie, Philip Gustavin, made 41 saves shutting out the Panthers um, in a 2-0 win. Blues at Stars ended in a shootout um, with the Stars taking home the win. Um, Tyler Tucker scored Sammy Blyas and Jacob Verana, former Red Wing Jacob Verana, on the assist. And then Knights at Sharks, Knights took home the win in a 4-1. And that's the first three days of the NHL. Uh, I'm very excited to go to opening night tomorrow. Shakira is basically bullying me to be consistent on this podcast, um, seeing as I was able to add in Duolingo and working out to my daily routines consistently. um, Since we've been doing our own version of 75 hard, we're calling it 75 Gremlin. um, And in the second half of 75 Gremlin, I have to be consistent on this podcast is what she told me. Um, So, yeah, tonight I worked on finishing up my stuff for the podcast so I could record this once she left to go to the weird Halloween party she's going to. Um, So now I'm recording it. I'm literally not even going to listen to it. I'm team just put this out on the internet and pretend it's happening. Um, Then I am going to work on some social media content. So hopefully we get some TikTok and Instagram stuff here rolling soon. Um, it's really hard because I have, like, big hopes and aspirations for this thing and want to see it be, like, not just hockey, but, like, pretty much every sport and just start building this community of every sport. Um, and it's really hard because I'm one person with a full-time job and have to do this in my free time. Not that I'm not passionate about it. It's just really hard when you're, like, fighting imposter syndrome and your job, like, just sucks a lot out of you just emotionally and physically, Um, for me personally, I love, I love the work I do. I love the people I work with, but sitting in office every day is just not for Star Brown. It's okay. We're living, we're making it through. And one day I will probably find a new job and that won't be an issue. Um, or maybe this podcast takes off and we take over the world and we just have this hot girls watch community that just takes over sports and the world and we're more inclusive than the fucking nhl so there's that um yeah so i feel like now i'm just rambling season two not season two (laughs) season one episode two is a wrap and slowly but surely we're gonna make this thing an actual thing um i'm gonna link the discord that shakira bullied me because she said the k-pop girlies love their discord so i made a Discord. Um, there's like three people in it right now, (laughs) so, um, you can join the Discord. I got it set up so there's little channels for each team, um, so we can start making like little team communities, um, you like when you join the... I don't know a lot about Discord. It was like me using all of my brain power to set this up, so I'm really excited to learn more about Discord. I'm really excited for that to start growing, um, so yeah. If you know any girly pops or anybody that identifies as a girly pop and is looking for a cute little community to talk about hockey, um, maybe all these Jack Hughes girlies that were shitting on Jake Wallman. Hey, I love you guys. You guys should become hot girls watch hockey. I don't know. We need to come up with something. I We need a name. But basically, you all should just be hot girls that watch hockey because you already are. Um, I'm pulling the hood down on this. I'm currently rambling. I'm really just rambling. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'm sorry. It's not a lot currently. It's really just me talking like Brittany Broski into my podcast microphone while my dog looks at me like I'm a crazy person. Um, I love you all. Thank you for the people that are supporting this. Um, thank you, Shakira, for essentially producing this thing and making me put it out onto the internet and I will see you all next Friday. It's already in my planner. It's already a work in progress for episode three. And you guys will get to hear about hopefully a night of debauchery. I act like it's going to be debauchery. It's just going to be me screaming for my seats for the Red Wings opening night tomorrow. Um. All right. Thank you. I don't know why I'm saying thank you. I don't know how to end this. It feels like an ending of a weird teams meeting. All right. I love you all. I love all the hot girls that watch hockey. Bye.